Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You've tried being easygoing and flexible, and you've tried being clear and firm, but nothing has worked when it comes to co-parenting with your ex, and I can tell you why. You are trying to do the impossible. If your ex is narcissistic, abusive, controlling, rageful, or in some other way toxic, your efforts at any reasonable co-parenting are going to be thwarted. But you don't need to give up because there is something you can do and it's called parallel parenting. Today I'm going to teach you all about the differences between co-parenting and parallel parenting and my top five tips for creating as much peace for yourself as possible. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. You should know me by now. I am very happy to be here. And I want to give a, a special shout out to Brian. He's listening, I know, who sent in this question a while ago. We sort of went back and forth and I was going to do a YouTube live, which I just started doing around the question. And then I realized, you know what? This is just a whole episode. So I'm, I, and I, put it in front of some other things to get it here into season, the end of season five. I cannot believe it. 249 episodes this is of the podcast. I'm ending season five. Uh, we'll beginning season six. And uh, I've already started recording for that. But um, there's going to be two weeks off from the podcast, which I always do again, twice a year. So just so you know, there'll only be two episodes in August that come out because your girl needs a break couple times a year. Be, you know, I'm coming at you with all the good stuff and I need a break. I also want to say that someone else had written in saying that, um, uh, 
you know, she she said, "Is are there any like notes for the podcast? I there's just so much you say. There's so much going on. Sometimes you go off on a tangent. You know, it's hard for me to always stay with it or really stay focused. And I want to remind everyone that on my website, abbymedcalf.com, there is a corresponding blog post that I do for all of the podcast episodes. So if you'd like notes later, or if you just want to go back for a little refresher, but you don't want to re- you know, listen to the whole episode again, guess what? You can go <laughs> just search for the title on my website or the keyword, and it'll come up and you can look. It's under relationship tips and tools. That's where my blog is on my website. Um, but again, if you do a search on the site, it'll just come up because why do I do this extra work? Because I love you, because I know that a lot of people are listening, but then kind of need some notes later or sort of need someone else. I also know some people don't listen to the podcast and would rather read. So I've got them both. This is also helpful if you have someone in your life who, you know, you know, that person that you're sort of give things to and you go, Hey, why don't you listen to this? Or why don't you read that? And they, you know, they don't read the book or they don't. Um, listen to the podcast. But w- if you would send them maybe a link or do it, read it with them, uh, just a link of something that takes 10 minutes to read, that's often a way you can sort of share information with someone who might not otherwise be listening. So I, I just want to say that. Uh, and yeah, I'm doing YouTube lives now. I'm trying it for the next m- month. So we'll see if I love them and if I'll continue. But uh, and you don't have to watch them live, although you can. They're going to, right now, they're on uh, Wednesdays here in the United States at one o'clock Pacific time, because uh, I'm here on the West Coast of the United States. And uh, you can listen live. I hope you do. Come on by. I'm answering. It's called Ask Dr. Abby. So if you have a specific question, like, you know, specific kind of question, I'll answer it there. And uh, you can send those in to me at abby at abbymedcalf.com or the Let's Connect page on my website or any of that stuff or DM me on Instagram or something. And uh, it's also, if you go to my YouTube page, there's a little tab that says live and you can go to all the recordings there also if you want to listen to something later and you don't have time that day or you want to just, you just can't get enough Abby. You just can't get enough of me and you want more. So there you go. It's great to be here with you. Let's get going. So there's no place better to start than what is a toxic ex, right? I want to be very clear about what I'm talking about. And a toxic ex can be a lot of things. They can be obviously narcissistic, uh, controlling, abusive, passive aggressive, jealous, possessive, or uh, I guess are just plain mean. You know, Having a toxic ex means this person doesn't respect you or your boundaries. It means they're probably doing everything they can to maintain some form of control in your life. And they have the perfect vehicle, which is the children you have together. I know that some people have written in asking about how to deal with a toxic ex, period. And I might do an episode on that, but I need to tell you in a lot of ways, I I don't know why you're talking to this person at all. If you don't have children with them, you have no reason for them to be in your life anymore. And I get that maybe they're a friend of the family or you know your mother still wants them in your life and she's still talking to this person or whatever. So I get that there are instances where that might be true. Um, I, I'm just not sure if I'm going to tackle that or not because it's really, if the person is like that, you know, that's serious abuse. Um, 
And I don't, you know, I try to kind of stay in my lane here, you know, like to me, that's almost something you'd go to domestic violence for. It's really something else, but, but I don't know, write in if you really want this answered and give me something specific I could, you know, put my teeth into about it. Just dealing with a toxic ex when you don't have kids. And I will uh, think about doing an episode on that. All right. So basically though, when you're parenting with a toxic ex, it means that they want your attention. That's what they want. They want your attention and they want to be in charge of how you feel. Maybe they just feel very hurt by you. Maybe you're the one who wanted to separate and they're so angry about it. Although I'll tell you, I get the situation a lot, even when they're the person who wanted to separate. They're the ones who are like, I'm out of here. The thing, the problem with that generally is that people will often leave a relationship because they're unhappy and they think that the other that their partner is why they're unhappy but then they leave and they're still miserable so they and they somehow still decide that their ex is the they they've just got this connected in their brain that their ex is the reason they're unhappy so they create drama and bad things even though hey you left me like you said I was the reason you're unhappy. You're gone now. I don't know why you still think I make you unhappy, but they they will still create that in their heads. Um, so th- really what's happening here is they want you as miserable as they are. They want to know that they're still dominant in your life, just, you know, despite, again, the fact that you've broken up. And by the way, all these are likely reasons that you broke up in the first place, but, you know, regardless... And so I want to say this, I'm not going to go deep into narcissism or narcissistic tendencies here because I have covered that. I did a previous episode devoted to dealing with narcissism, you know, and what narcissism is and all that. I've done previous a previous episode about gaslighting, all about gaslighting. Again, you can search that on any any platform that you listen to me on. If you search Abby Metcalf gaslighting, it's going to come right up. You know, Abby Metcalf, you know, narcissism, whatever, narcissist. Uh, it's going to come right up. Or again, go to the website if you're having trouble. Um, I do know that a lot of the platforms, for some reason, I have so many episodes. They don't hold all the episodes. They don't hold some of the past ones. And as I keep growing, you know, but my website does. So you can always go there for everything you need. I know that's not always the way you want to listen to something, but you can download it from there and listen. So for now, I'll trust that you just know your ex is toxic because you've been struggling with their behavior You've been struggling with consistency and co-parenting, and it you get it. And I'll tell you the big way you know that your ex is toxic is because you're cons- after you interact with them, you are consistently feeling drained, m- you know, miserable, resentful, or hopeless, or all the above. So that lets you know also. And and let me say this: having a toxic ex, this is really the point of today. It means you can't co-parent because the co in co-parenting, you know what co means? Together, <laughs> mutual. That, that's the definition of that. And that is not something your ex cares about. Their main motivation isn't what's, it, it's not about what's doing best for your children. That is not their main motivation. Their motivation, main motivation is in maintaining control over you and the situation. That's their main motivation. I'm not saying it's conscious. I don't that your ex is doing a lot of things unconsciously, but their main object, some not so unconsciously, but 
their main objective is making you suffer, even if that means making your children suffer or even harming your kids. You know, like when an ex is talking shit about you to the kids, that that's harming those children. I mean, every bit of evidence says so, uh, research says so. It's horrible. It's so mean to do, but that is how hijacked their brain is. That is how gone they are. So just so you know, I mean, so you're trying to be rational with this irrational person, and that is your problem. You can't co-parent with a toxic ex. Instead, as I said in the introduction, you have to parallel parent. So what is parallel parenting? Well, parallel parenting is just what it sounds like. <laughs> parenting in two different spaces, you know, parallel, right? They don't overlap. The focus here really is on having limited interaction with your ex and clear, I would say almost rigid boundaries. And I hate having rigid boundaries. I think boundaries are meant to be flexible. And yes, there's gonna be some flexibility here, but mostly you're gonna be leaning towards more rigid, very clear, very what, what I call thick boundaries, okay? This means lots of rules about how and when you'll communicate and having a structured parenting plan that I believe needs to be court ordered, okay? Just has to be, because otherwise, I, I don't know. Again, I've been, so I've been counseling people for 40 years in every, in different countries, in different states here in the United States, in uh, every sort of different scenario you can imagine from nonprofits to for-profits to hospitals to schools to, you know, community agencies to, I, I, I mean, it goes on and on. I have, I really do, I think what's one of my big strengths is I have a huge wealth of experience in different kinds of situations. So I have had to deal with this particular issue really for about maybe, let's say 30 of those years, <laughs> okay? I mean, really, it's been a consistent thing that comes up in my private practice and all the years I've done things before. So I, I, I get it, you know, I, I, I understand this topic well. And you might listen today and think, well, that doesn't exactly match me. And well, this is a little different. I'm telling you right now, uniqueness is fatal and you have to find a way to listen to what I'm saying and you have to find a way to make this work. Um, I'm not saying that I'm the be all end all. I'm not saying this is the only thing that works, but you wouldn't be here if listening, if what you were doing was working. So I'm really, unless you're doing everything I, what all the tips I'm about to say, I mean, religiously, then, you know, I would say it's really time to, to up the ante with someone, I guess, more specialized than me. Okay. So I'll, I'll tell you that right now, but I do feel, um, like I can talk about this topic. I will also share, you know, many of you know, I'm divorced from my children's dad, but we have a, we co-parent because we have a super, super amicable relationship. So we co-parent very easily. Um, I mean, there's always, there's some bumps, right? In any, in anything, even if you're just parenting when you're married, you know, there's bumps, but uh, we really do have a, thank, thank you, God. You know, uh, we, I've, we both worked hard at it, but we have a really great co-parenting. And I do with Gary's ex-wife, you know, when we co-parent those, they're adults, but, um, you know, they're still my babies. Uh, you know, so there's co-parenting everywhere. <laughs> there's, there's many parents in our picture and we've all really found a way to, you know, live together. And I, so I'm not, you know, 
That's what that is. And, and you can't do that. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, so you'll hear these kind of stories and people like, oh, you know, you just have to do this. You just have to do that. No, I would never tell you that. I can't tell you that because you have a completely different situation. I don't have, you know, there's no narcissist in this picture, you know, the, of the, the eight of us, you know, all of us, all these parents, there, there's people who really do have the kid's best interests at heart and have open hearts around that. Do you know what I mean? So that is a different thing. And that's what I'm trying to separate for you. So please stop listening to the advice of other people. And there's people who have difficult exes. You know, I will say when I first got divorced, it was more difficult for sure. And I, I had to work differently at that than I do now. But that's still different. We, he still had our kids' best interests at heart. So, you know, again, someone will try to compare their relationship to yours, their parenting to the yours. And I don't want you to feel so frustrated and like, what's wrong with me? Or, well, this, you know, you start feeling even more hopeless. And that's not what I want from today. So I do want to be clear. This is not from my personal experience as far as my personal personal. This is from my work experience of what works and what doesn't. And of course, the research. Okay. So, all right. So when, so when you think of co-parenting, you would when I'm talking about that, like with my ex or Gary's ex-wife, right? We work together. You know, that's what co-parenting is. You, you work together with this person to decide what's best for the kids and how to mutually make that happen. You agree on expectation and rules. There's consistency across the two households. It's, you know, not like one household has a 2 a.m. bedtime and the other one has an 8 a.m. bedtime, you know, you're really co-parenting. And I'm not saying all of them line up exactly. You might have an ex, you know, there might be an ex who lets them stay up till 10 instead of eight, but you know, you're still in the ballpark, right? You're, you're still in the ballpark of parenting. Maybe the rules are slightly different, but they're pretty consistent across. When, uh, you know, my daughter just got in trouble <laughs> at her dad's house, um, and the, but then she was shifting to my house and the punishment transferred to my house, for example. Okay. So the grounding, she's grounded. So that's shifting to my house for the week because there was only one day at his. Do you know what I mean? That's co-parenting. <laughs> we talked about it, what, what it was, the problem. We talked about how to solve it. What should the consequences be? We agreed on them and they're carried forth between the two houses. That's co-parenting. You're not doing that. With you, we communicate often about co-parenting. We share decision making. We negotiate among ourselves when it comes to if there's a change in the schedule or the kids' needs change. Right? That's co-parenting. And as you've likely already learned, or you wouldn't be here with me right now, none of these reasonable, loving boundaries work when you've got a toxic ex. It doesn't. You've tried it. It doesn't. In contrast, okay, and this is the contrast, when you're parallel par parenting, there's no collaboration or checking in with the other parent about things that might come up. Instead, there are these rules and strict boundaries for everything with as little direct communication as possible. And I know, you know, that can sound rough. Like, really? You know, we're not, <laughs> yeah, really. I, again, there's going to be time. There's always going to be exceptions to these rules. There's always going to be time. You know, if your kid breaks their leg, you know, let's be real. You're going to have to, you're going to have to contact the other parent. You know, you're going to have to do something. But 
those aren't that that should be the exception and if you're noticing exceptions constantly then you don't have a strong enough uh plant parenting plan in place parenting plan in place should say that 10 times fast uh do you understand what i'm saying you, you shouldn't have exceptions to the rule every other minute your ex if they're toxic your toxic ex will try to do that will try to say everything's different but this is your job to hold the boundary okay it's your job i know I'm sorry. Once again, it's on you. What do I always say? The one in the most pain needs to change first. You know, you're in the most pain here. They're not. So you're the one who's going to have to really do this work. All right. So let's talk about my top five tips for parallel parenting with a toxic ex. I hope I've made it really clear what it is and why it's different than regular parenting that you might be hearing about. Okay. And the more someone has that sort of co-parenting thing going on, the more that the the least like you that they are <laughs> so the, the more likely you are to not take their recommendations how's that okay all right so tip number one is really the biggie and that's to limit communication options all right the, and i and if even if you think you already are i want you to listen to make sure you're doing every one of these to the letter because again you got to get a little bit rigid and narrow okay so the majority, or I would say really all of your, but let's say the majority, the vast majority of your communication should happen through, to me, as far as I'm concerned, and what I've seen work with clients over and over, is that communication should happen through a parenting portal of some sort, possibly email. I'll get to email in a minute, but I really think that you should do it through a parenting portal. There are a few sites, apps, whatever you want to call them, that are admissible in court, which is really, to me, what you want to be using. So the you probably already are if you have a toxic ex. If you're not, get on it. But My Family Wizard, uh, Talking Parents is another one I've seen used a lot. Uh, Two Houses is another one. We'll link to those on the show notes page, but you can just look those up yourself. If you aren't using them, you should. And there are a few really important advantages to these types of sites. One is that the communication on them, like I said, is admissible in court, which can help prevent your ex from being abusive. So it is such a, if you use it well, and I have clients who really used it well, who've literally been, have, are divorced from, I mean, whole hog narcissists, like whole hog, hog abusers, I, you know, like to me, people who are really on the edge of that. And they've been able to, to do this well, okay, where they are, if they're only using that portal, the ex has a very hard time getting through, so to speak, right, getting into to you, because they don't want to call you, you know, all kinds of names on there. Because they're, you know, boom, you got a restraining order in two seconds because of this thing. So they're not, they're not, they're trying to be more sneaky, trust me. Um, and they will do that less. Although I've had people do it. And then again, you can get a restraining order pretty quickly. So it, it's having it there in that format is great. There are also features on these apps or these sites. I'm going to say apps you know, because they're, it's like an app on your phone too, but uh, they're a site too. Um, there are features like re red receipts. So your ex can't claim that they never got a particular message. And if they were continually refusing to answer you, right, on, on these apps, 
you can prove their non-communication in court. You can show like, yeah, I sent it on this date and this date and they know to look and they don't. And, you know, there's no other way. So that's clear. You can also note things here that you'd like to use later for court. So, for example, let's say your toxic ex shit talks about you to your kids. Okay, they, they this is I think one of the more common when I ones I hear about where the ex, you know, lies about the other parent. Um, and this happens too sometimes. So you're with a narcissist or something. You're the one who wants out of the marriage or the relationship. And then the ex is like, well, we wouldn't be divorced if it wasn't for your mom. You know, she's to blame or your dad, he's to blame. And they're like, want, you know, I didn't want to get divorced. It's all their fault that you have to go between these houses. You know, they'll say things like that. They'll, you know, they take no responsibility often, or they just talk about how horrible you are. And again, or they take something that is a little true and they blow it up, whatever. Write about this in an email to them via one of these, you know, apps, right? Via one of these. Every single time it happens. And I had, I've had two clients actually that I can think of off the top of my head who did this. And eventually their ex was court ordered into therapy, one into anger management, one into like regular therapy. And it actually stopped them shit talking to the kids. And they started to get more control over the kids because it's, it's, you know, again, it's proven to be abusive. So, you know, really not speaking about now what has happened. I remember one of these people I'm going to talk about every time she did that, her ex would yell at the kids and punish them at his house. And uh, so my client was like, I don't want to keep doing this. The kids, you know, if it's for the kids' best interest. And I said, yeah, but some of this is the long-term best interest of your kids, not the short-term best interest of your kids. I hear that they're getting punished. So you want to put that in the email. So she did. She started putting that. She put that in an email through, again, my family wizard or the one she, that was the one she was using. She put it in there like, hey, you know, the kids said that you punish them after blah, blah, blah. Now, of course, the ex came back and said, no, I I punished them because of something else. But you are establishing a chain. You are establishing a chain of, of something that happens often. Judges aren't stupid. Now, yes, judges don't want to get involved in every little thing that's happening. They have full dockets. They're very busy. I've talked to judges in family court about this issue multiple times. I, I... I I have over the years. And hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
they, they, but they, they are more reasonable than you might think. You could get a bad judge. Everybody does. There's bad judges. There's bad counselors. There's whatever. They are trying to do what's best for the kids always and not, you know, getting into something that feels like just this craziness with the parenting. So they want to stick, but they want to stick to court orders, right? But they also, when they see something that shows a history of a certain kind of behavior, they, they do act on it. But you're the one who the burden of all that is going to be on you. I know it's a pain in the ass. I know it's a lot, but you know. So email is a secondary route of communication if you find it necessary, but you know, nothing else I would say. Email is good because you still have a paper trail, although I highly recommend doing everything again through those monitored apps. If your ex continues to try to contact you in other ways, again, you can respond via the app. So again, it can be admissible in court, you know. Um, you know, if you if you sent something through the app, I see that you've continued to try to reach out, you know, via phone or text or DM, whatever. Although I've repeatedly asked that you only communicate here on this site, I'm not gonna respond in any other format, you know. You can again, if if there's 15 of those because they just sent you 15 texts, that is going to get seen by a judge on the other side. I get it. It's expensive. You have to go back to court. You have to do the judge. I get it. But a lot of this, if it's handled in this first year, this is just my experience I'm going on right here, really does shift things for the long haul. Because depending on how old your kids are, you got a long time with this person at least in this way, you have a long time anyway. I mean, they're going to be in your life the rest of your kids. If your kids continue to have them in their life, that you're, you know, they're forever, right? They're going to be at their weddings later and at, at baby showers and all the things. So this is about you establishing these boundaries right now um, and keeping them as firm as you can. Okay. I will say, I think you should block your ex on all social media and email accounts. I think you should increase your privacy settings. And if you do feel like you got to email, then set up a separate address only for your ex. Block them on your regular email. Send them an email. Let them know this is the only address you can use for now on. I won't. You're blocked on my other accounts. Just say it. You're blocked on my other accounts. I won't be getting it. And I would do that again through the family monitoring app. <laughs> right? I would do it if you feel like you have to do this. This way you can really get yourself mentally prepared to read an email from them. Otherwise, you know, you're looking in your inbox and boom, there it is. It's such a trigger and you're not ready. You're at work, maybe you're somewhere else and you're just not ready for this. And I will tell you, I had a friend, a personal friend who uh, is divorced from a real horrible, horrible, toxic, toxic narcissist. And uh, she set up this separate email and she had a good friend, has a good friend who's a lawyer, another, you know, right? And she actually, the lawyer is, the, her friend who's a lawyer is the one who gets all the emails from her toxic ex and responds to them and lets her, or doesn't, and lets her know when she needs to know something. That's how she does it. She lets my friend know, hey, you know, this came up. I think you should know. Here's how I responded or here's how I think you I want to respond. I haven't responded yet. I'm letting you know. But otherwise, all those other things he would just send, you know, because he felt he could, uh, were all held in this other place. It was great. She didn't have to see it. She didn't have to be triggered all the time. I thought that was brilliant. That was her idea, not mine. 
Um, I thought it was brilliant and it really saved her from the constant triggering because even though she had the separate account, he would just like bombard with stuff. And, uh, you know, again, it's another reason not, you know, you really want to have those monitored apps because if you can, because they don't tend to bombard in those um, because it, they look crazy. Or if they do, God bless, let them bombard because they look insane, you know, later if someone's looking um, and reading and that, which is your lawyer going to do that. So akin to this, you, you really need to set up rules for yourself, which should include how often you are going to check the parenting sites, you know, these apps for communication and how long you'll pause before responding. What is your rule, you know, for all these things? What's your rule if they do text or call? You want to figure all this out and be very strict with yourself in these boundaries. That is where I see most people kind of falling down, so to speak. That's where, you know, with my clients, I'll, you know, they'll get that text from their ex, um, but it's sort of innocuous. So they respond. And then before you know it, there's 15 texts. They, they, because they just don't want to deal. You're exhausted. I get it. It's so much. It's so much. I'm so sorry. I am. I feel for you. And I know, but this is part of it is not to give in, quote unquote, when they seem nice, when they seem okay, when they seem reasonable. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, but on the other side, if I don't respond, it, you know, you're trying to avoid the blow up. What I'm telling you is that you can't change your boundaries depending on how other people act. You can't change your boundaries uh, to try to get an outcome in the future. You, This is where you will be miserable ultimately. It works occasionally. That's what it's, it's like an intermittent um, uh, response. You know, it's an intermittent reinforcement. Every now and then you'll respond nice and they'll respond nice and it goes away and you're like, oh, see, woo. But the other majority of the time, it doesn't. It opens the door that little inch and they take, not a mile, they take 50 miles. That they blow the door open. They use, they're torpedoing that thing. It. I can't say this part enough. What In my experience, what happens is that they wear you down. Your wonderful optimism, your beautiful, you know, sim- it's not compassion at that point. It's sympathy. Comes out. And, or simply for yourself, you know, you're just like, I don't want to deal with them anymore. I'm just going to answer this. It, it's not going to help you in the long run. It's only going to help you in the short run and, or not at all going to help you in the short run. It's only going to very occasionally help you in the short run. The majority of the time it's going to blow up in your face and you're going to be like, why did I do that? And you're going to forget. And then the next time comes and it happens again. I say a lot, you know, Easy choices, hard life, hard, you know, hard choices, easy life. That's how this works. So you, I know it seems like you don't want to do this and I, I, I get it. And you just feel like you're too drained and it doesn't feel good because you're not this way with boundaries in the rest of your life. You like to be flexible. You've listened to all my podcasts. You're, you know, you're trying to do all the right things. And I wish I could say that this worked here. It doesn't. You know, you're in one of the outlier situations where this doesn't work. So I, I need you to I need you to do the things, you know? So I need you to kind of get stricter with your boundaries. I need you to really be clear. And I would write them down. I would do it with a therapist or yourself or your best friend, however you want to do that. But 
write down exactly, you know, if they do this, I'm going to do this. If they do this, I'm going to do this. And just stick to that. I know. Okay. Tip number two is to expect bullshit. I, <laughs> this is one of the biggest issues I see is that my clients or people I know let down their guard with a toxic ex and then seem surprised when their ex is unreasonable, cruel, or annoying. You need to get yourself into a mental place where you say, where you say something like, something like this to yourself. My ex is mentally ill. And although I can, I'll continue to find compassion for them, I understand that I must expect them to remain exactly the same forever. Do not be hopeful. Do you ever hear me say this? If you've been listening to me for any amount of time, you know I'm the most hopeful person there is. I'm, I, I'm all about it. Like you have to lean into hope. You have to lean into optimism. This is a time when you don't. You Don't be hopeful or optimistic about your ex. Do not. Be rational and set up appropriate expectations so you're not disappointed or blindsided. Expect your ex to try to control you by uh, forgetting to bring your son's soccer jersey or forgetting your daughter's science textbook, even though she has a test the next day, you know, when, when the kids transfer to your house. Expect it. By the way, to combat this problem, which is one of the bigger problems I see, I tell my clients, get doubles, triples, or more of everything. Pay the coaches or teams for an extra jersey. Tell the school you need two sets of your kids' textbooks. Buy multiple clothing items, lunch containers, backpacks. Yep, yep. You're going to throw money at the problem for a little while in all ways you can so you don't need to get pulled into conversations asking where your daughter's cleats are. I know this. I have people really push against this because it's expensive, it seems wasteful, but your peace of mind is worth every penny. And I will tell you this, it's ultimately cheaper than therapy or more court appearances. It just is. If this is a thing you can overcome, and again, it's a common thing I see a lot, the ex will try to control with these kinds of things. Again, expect it, so be prepared. I have a client who... <laughs> dresses the kids in very particular clothing anytime they go to uh, they go over to their uh, dad's house. Anytime they go over, she dresses them in these sort of older clothes that not their her kids' favorite things. She keeps her kids' favorite things at her house. And the weeks they're at with their dad, they otherwise, every time what was happening is, and I don't, you know, was he destroying things? Who knows? But these things kept going missing. They kept going missing. And it really became problematic. Her kids would get very upset. They'd come back. They'd have to go back and search. She'd ask her ex to search. It was so much engagement over like a favorite shirt or a soccer jersey or whatever. And so getting very careful about some of those more important things is really, is really important. And when the kids are old enough, I have to tell you, it's really important to make it their responsibility responsibility to gather the things they're going to need as they transfer houses. You can create lists they can work from whenever they're packing up for the transition. Um, however that works is what you need to do. It, really be thoughtful about how that is. But expect it. Expect that things are going to be hard with them. Expect that they're going to try to mess things up. And 
that way you can be more prepared. Like, oh, you know, and for sure, if it's happened before, it'll likely happen again. So at least be prepared for the things you know have happened before. Like forget, again, the forgetting things, the not having them where they need to be, things like that are the more common things I see that are ways to keep you very engaged and to keep a conversation going. So be mindful. Sip of water, hold on. Okay. Tip number three is you gotta have a court order and expect them to break it. I know, I know. Because you're not co-parenting. You're not co-parenting. So it's up to you to decide what you want. Because you're not co-parenting, you've got to decide what you want. And I want you to write up a dream plan with your lawyer and start from there. Put everything you can think of in writing that will later become part of that court order. When, you, when you'll have the kids exactly, I mean times, who's responsible for picking up or dropping off, where, when, what happens on the holidays, literally, like I pick them up at 12 p.m. on Christmas Eve and drop them off, you know what I mean, on Christmas Day, whatever. When things like uh, child support will be paid, you know, how it'll be paid, get automatic payments for these things as much as you can, have it part of the court order. Uh, you can't have gray areas. You need to make everything as explicit as possible. And now is the hard part. You're going to do all this. You're going to be like, Abby, I've done all this. And <laughs> your toxic ex, it's pretty much guaranteed that they're going to ignore all or parts of your court order. If they're supposed to drop the kids at your home at three, I have a client who the kids are supposed to be dropped off, let's say three o'clock. What happens is her ex will drop them off routinely at like 3.15 or 3.20 or 3.30, you know, like not even 3.30, not even that late, but late, like a few minutes. So it looks like she's being unreasonable to uh, say anything about the 3.15 drop off, right? Like about this problem. And one of the things you want to set up about this is that you don't have somewhere you have to be where you have to leave at three. Okay, because you you want to expect that. Now you don't have to go to court because they're dropping off the if it's routinely the same time, three ten, three fifteen, you don't need to um maybe go to court about that. If they just keep it there just to be passive aggressive, fine, let that be and just create that in your schedule. Oh, I get them at three fifteen. <laughs> and just whatever has to happen after that, make it after. And if you need them earlier, if you have to be somewhere and leave at three, then I would say the drop off is at two thirty. You know, I would change that in the court order. But I would also say that this client, her ex would also drop them off earlier than he was supposed to. He would drop them off at 2, 2.30 when they were supposed to be there at 3. So sometimes she wasn't even home and he would drop them off into an empty house. Yeah, little kids, like young, I shouldn't say little, little, but young, like seven and five, I think the girls were. Like he would drop them off early, just drop them off, just drop them off the house. It, this is stuff you have to really have that I would say something about because that now Again, unless it's something easy for you that you're home anyway, but if you're working from home, let's say, because that's what this guy was, he was like, well, I know you're working from home. What's the big deal? It's like, yeah, but you're working and you need, <laughs> your work goes till three. You can't, uh, you can't attend to your children at that time. So again, that's the time when you might, you know, go back and put that into the app thing. You're dropping them off at 2.30. The agreed upon time is three. You know, you might get somewhere closer to that. You, you've got to, Think about what does and doesn't work for you and what is looking like it's going to open a door just a little that's going to get blown open. 
right? So, and that was what started to happen for her, not with the later drop-offs. Like, again, he was always about 15 minutes late for a long time, but I guess he saw that that wasn't pissing her off enough. So then he started dropping them off, sometimes at one, you know, when they weren't doodle three, things like that. Um, and, you know, I we had her document that and, and get in there, right? So you, you're, some of this, I know, I, I, I'm saying be rigid, but also you've got to think within that rigidity, right? Because if anything is too, too rigid, you're going to make yourself crazy. So I want you to think of each thing as, okay, how is this affecting my long term? How is this affecting my life? You're going to have to put it through your own. You're re I know you. You're reasonable. You're okay. You can do this. It takes a little practice. It takes, you know, a little repetition, but you will figure out where you can just let the passive aggressive bullshit sit and where you can't. So they will absolutely break the court order in some way. Your job is to document, 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 or choose what you want. Uh, and again, do it via the shared family app, right? I will say this. Some lawyers tell their clients to keep a separate list, to not put everything in the app, to just keep a list, like if it's always 15 minutes late, and then kind of wait until you have enough to put together. So I would say that even if you are choosing not to put it in the app that your you know ex is always 15 minutes late with the kids i would document that dates times i would have a running list of that just in case you need to use it for something later right just in case um you, you'll have that and it'll be there it's still documented it's just not something that you've had in court and sometimes you get to a place where um again i had a client this is a male uh, a man who's ex-wife was very toxic. And she would miss weekends a lot with the kids, a lot. Her time with the kids, she would miss them quite a bit. She would ask him to take the kids, you know, other days. He was happy to do it. He wanted more time with his kids. You know, they had 50-50, but he was down. But I told him, I said, document this because you're paying child support for this other thing. And that was contentious and they didn't have, you know, tons of money. And so I'm like, you're paying child support for all the, and there's a lot of time here that she doesn't have the kids. So why are you paying child support for that? So he really started to track this stuff and he, it was amazing. It was more than he even realized that was the thing that he had the kids. So, but he was able to go back to court. Um, he tracked it over about six months and he was able to get the order changed for him to have more custody and for uh, him to pay less child support. So, you know, that worked right over time. So you can get orders changed. I'm not saying it's the easiest, but you can. I really want you to push for sanctions when, sanctions when you can and fight for sole decision-making rights or sole custody when you have a toxic ex. Do your best around this. Um, because trying to make decisions together, obviously, is very, very hard when it comes to decision-making, you know, therapy or therapy is the big EIC. You know, often the you will want your kids in therapy because you see all the things that are happening and your toxic ex does not want them in therapy. But if you have sole decision-making rights, even if you have shared custody, then they need to go to therapy and your ex needs to pay for half. You know, this is how you get that stuff done. And I'll tell you, squeaky wheels get the grease. I will also say it's very, very hard for women in this situation because, you know, there's a lot of the misogyny in the courts is just as alive as everywhere else in our world where, you know, women are just vicious and we are so jealous and 
we're just, you know, our hormones go crazy and, you know, we were so vindictive and bitchy and all the things. So when we're looking for sanctions and we're pushing, um, we definitely get seen in a different light than men. And, you know, and the man is standing there all often, right? Like, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm great. You know, I work, I support my kids. I'm the best, you know, and then, and they are on their best behavior in court often. I will say that over time, that's why you have to document so much because over time I have had those situations and over time it got very clear to the judges and to the lawyers what was really going on and they they made some changes to the uh, custody agreements and to the support agreements so you know in the court order so just you got to stick with this doing this type of of work again in this like first year is going to set you up for success in the future because you're going to gain more control of your kids or of, of decision making, which is going to necessitate less access to, you know, with your ex. And that's going to make you happier. At the very least, your ex will have less room to try to make your life miserable, even if there's still as much access with the kids, which also means a more peaceful life for you. Any way you add that up, it, it adds up to more peace. So take it. And I know it can get hard when you think about, well, you know, I want, I always want kids to have both parents in their lives as much as possible. Um, but a toxic, someone who's toxic to you is toxic to your children without a doubt. So you, you want to be mindful of knowing that and just do your best, you know, do your best around that. All, all of this is do your best. That should be tip six, do your best because don't beat up on yourself. This is hard. You're not going to, always be what my tip number four is. You're not going to always be this, but I'd like you to make it a goal to hold your boundaries and be ruthlessly consistent. That is tip four. I know it's hard. I really, really do. And I, I know you just want to bow out sometimes and not let this person be such a central part of your life. But the only way to get there is to get, again, the court order changed, which means keeping your boundaries like it's your job and being ruthlessly consistent. It, I'll say it again, it's not nice to give in to things or mean to hold your boundaries despite what your toxic ex says. Do your own work, go to therapy, join a support group, you know, listen to my podcast regularly. Your job is to learn to hold your boundaries so you can keep your mental health intact, even improve maybe. And that's what you need to be for yourself and your kids. That is all you can do. You're taking a very difficult situation and making the best of it. That's what you're doing. That's all you can do. That, that's, that's the best thing you can do. And guess what? You're not going to be perfect every day. That's not even the goal. It's not even the goal because no one can do it. So I don't want you to set yourself up for failure in that way either. All right. Tip five is to practice loving detachment. There, there's this word that I learned um, in my Buddhist studies. Uh, Pema Chodron um, she is a Buddhist nun who did, I'll, I'll link to her article in the show notes on this. On it's a word called shenpa, and in Buddhism, it, it's you. It loosely means, from what I understand, I'm not a Buddhist monk, but from what I understand, everything I've read and listened to and all that, shenpa loosely means attachment. But Pema uh, uh, Chodron describes it, and I think it's more aptly as it's really about biting the hook. Okay. <laughs> Shempa is, and you don't want to bite the hook. You, this is really the loving detachment. You know, it's like when your ex says that thing that undermines your parenting and you feel there's like a tightening in your chest, your stomach drops out, you just, maybe your 
head feels full, that's Shempa. That's biting the hook. There are times when it's easy to bite the hook and stop being mindful. I get it. We're reminded of feeling helpless, uh, resentful with your ex, you know, something from the past, and suddenly you're triggered and it's hard to stop. They've hooked you. That That's what that is. They've hooked you. Again, I'll link to this article, but um, so you can, or you can look it up yourself, but uh, it's like how to, how Shempa gets us hooked and how we can get unhooked or something. Um, but there are many ways your ex will try to hook you. And there are many ways you hook yourself, right? If you're bad mouthing about your ex to your kids, that's being hooked. Maybe your kids tell you uh, excitedly how they had ice cream sundaes for dinner with your ex. And all you can think about is whether they've done their homework or taken a bath, right? Or, oh, great, now I have to feed them even more healthy because they just had, you know, junk food all week. It, it seems like maybe your ex has become the fun parent, the vacation mom or vacation dad, while you're the one making sure your kids are safe and sound. Again, that's getting hooked when you get all into that and how resentful you are. Competing with your ex or being resentful is biting the hook. Don't compete with your ex. You can't. It's not going to work. Your ex will throw out many little bombs hoping to get you engaged, right? Uh, when this tactic doesn't work, they might suddenly kill you with kindness, but you still need to avoid biting the hook. They are, I've said this, right? They're looking to reel you back in so they can be in control. Your job is to not engage as much as possible mentally, emotionally, or physically as much as possible. And I got to tell you, starting a mindfulness and meditation practice will go a very long way to you not engaging with your toxic ex. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you this, they don't deserve your energy or your attention. So as much as you can, don't give it to them. And I know it seems like you're giving them a lot of attention with everything I'm saying about, you know, writing down and, and documenting and all that. But if you can do that, while you're detached, while you're lovingly detached, while you're not part of Shempa, that's the key. So yeah, you're documenting, but you're not documenting like that motherfucker, that asshole, blah, 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 I hate this person and there's nothing to do and nothing ever works. That's getting hooked. But if you just document and you're like, this is going to work eventually, I'm just going to document this again. I'm That's all I'm doing. I'm writing down the facts. I'm keeping it to the facts. That's all I got. That's all I have in this world. And I'm going to conserve my energy for me. And I'm not going to focus more. Once I've written it down, it's gone. I'm not going to keep thinking about it. I'm not going to keep talking about it. If you haven't downloaded my uh, Mindfulness Starter Kit yet, you need to. If you haven't downloaded my Meditation Starter Kit yet, you need to. I have a program, Learn to Meditate in in, for 15 Minutes in Just 15 Days. Download it. I mean, that you have to pay for. I think it's $11.11 because I'm so cute with my pricing. But the rest are free. I'm just telling you, you got to start this practice because the more mindful you are, the more you'll be able to stay unhooked, okay? And I've done an entire episode on my three steps to loving detachment. So be sure to check that out if you haven't already or listen again or read it again to get a little refresher. That will help you too. But these are the things you need to really do. So the documenting is sort of on one side of the parallel parenting. On the other side is you taking care of you and learning how to not get hooked emotionally, right? Mentally, spiritually. How to stay parallel to your ex, not still engaged emotionally with them. 
That's the key. That's how you really get good at parallel parenting. But when you're getting pulled in all the time and you're feeling that drain and that anger and that resentment all the time, they've got you. They've got you. So this is your work on building up your reserve tank in a healthy way so that they can't get you so easily. Can't hook you. All right. Woo. That was a lot. I know. Thank you, Brian, for sending that in. And now I'm doing the entire episode on it. I'm praying for you. I really am. Every client I have who struggles with this, I feel, oh, I just, oh, I can feel it. And my heart is so heavy with how hard this is. My heart is heavy for your kids. My heart is heavy for you. And there is a way out emotionally for you, spiritually for you. And I want you to get on that track because that is really how you'll be best for yourself and your kids. And that will ultimately bring the best outcome possible for everybody. All right. I love you so much. I really do. Have a really great week. And I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.